Welcome to another edition of Mr. Nice Guy. I'm Ben Slowey, and today on the show, I have one of my best friends. Uh, we've known each other since the very first day of uh, moving into the dorms freshman year. We were sweet mates. Um, he's my brother, and uh, he has uh, a ton of uh, campus pride for any of the schools he's worked at. Um, Jordan Kellogg. What's up, y'all? How you doing, dude? I'm doing good, how you doing? Uh, good, how's your day going so far? Not been too. Woke up on my couch and came straight here. Hey, keeps sobering up a little bit. Yeah, I know. Oh, dude, yeah, like um, Maggie, my guest yesterday. Uh, she brought us way too much beer, uh, so we were just and drink, wine drinking constantly, like excessively last night. No, we go. And that was early in the day. And we started going out afterwards. Yeah. Well, what'd you do last night? Because we kind of did different things. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Started drinking here a little bit yesterday. I was a little bit lit all day. So, mm. well, the birthday weekend, you got to do something. Yeah, it is his birthday. Uh, happy birthday, Jordan. Um, yeah, dude. Uh, it's your first time at High Five. What do you have to say? I love it. I love, you know, what High Five does. I've always, you know... Seeing a lot of on Facebook, I see a lot of uh, artists that I've, I've met and talked with, and they always come here. It's a beautiful setup. But, I, yeah, but more than that, as a studio, they do more for the community and the city of Milwaukee and the music. So to me, that's a lot bigger because, like I said, I've always said Milwaukee's going to pop in a couple of years, and I think what they do here is... You're one of the, one of the earliest, uh, like, one of the earliest... Uh, Profits uh, for Milwaukee and its scene. You, you've always known like you've always like repped Milwaukee super super hard just for its culture and the people involved in it and the sound coming out of it. You right. say that like like do you feel like there's bias because like you lived here and like grew here or do you like feel like objectively like you know Milwaukee like really could pop any minute? I really believe that because I'm not I'm not from Milwaukee. I'm from. Central Wisconsin lived in other spots around the city, but you know, when I came here uh, for college, you know, this was in the back of my mind was one of the big reasons why I came here because I knew the, I just felt the culture here. I knew that I didn't know any artists at the time, didn't know any of the big artists, didn't know any of the history. I just knew that there was culture and in a big city, I knew there had to be something here. So when I came here, yeah, I instantly try to meet artists and everything like that. It was crazy, like, the day, day two I got to campus, I found out from another guy, uh, this artist named Ishtar. Yeah. Well, shout out Ishtar. Shout out Ishtar. Um, but he, at that time, was in the, it was like the first semester of freshman year, he was in the dorms. Really? Um, which I didn't know. He, I think he dropped out second semester, I don't wanna quote that, but he, uh, left to go pursue music full time. But someone showed me uh, his Better Life, which is his first project, uh, and I heard it, I'm like, fuck, who is this dude? Yeah. Um, Cause he just took a rap, really good, um, just, but more, I saw him as an artist. I always felt, I was a DJ in high school, like I've done shows, I've always been close to music, so I thought, 
damn, like, he could be a real artist. And then as I got older, uh, a girl that I used to be with started showing me uh, the trap side of, you know, the streets uh, music. And when I found that, I was like, oh, shit. Like, <clears throat> not objective, like, I was like, damn, these could, it's different. It was different. It's not like the Atlanta, Chicago's, uh, New York's, California. Like, they had a different style, different ways. And I got really into it and started, like, seeing, like, what made it pop. Um, so from that standpoint, and then seeing with our studio, just how many artists and how many skilled artists there are, I was like, it just takes one. Yeah. It just takes that one. That is true. And I thought there has to be someone in the city that's going to pop. I just felt that from the vibe. And then if you go, it's a whole culture thing. So Milwaukee Bucks doing big things. They did a whole new stadium, you know, doing downtown, growing. So I just thought the whole culture of Milwaukee was changing a little bit. And with that music sound, I still stand by in a couple of years, we're going to have a mainstream artist. Someone's going to pop, they're going to hit, have a hit. Like it's just too much wrong. Yeah, dude. Like. What's wild is we find that <clears throat> Milwaukee is still, despite how there's such a um, like um, influx of um, you know different artists and ideas and um, just mediums of creativity here, a lot of it is still DIY, and that makes it kind of fascinating because it's like literally like your next door neighbor could be making amazing music in their like home built studio yeah. or down the street, you know, like, there could be, you know, a, a attic show or, or, other, or any various other venues that are really, you're really in close proximity to that are showcasing just really great shows, great music. They have, it, it's, a lot of it is just being done, you know, by people that are like our age or people that are low income, people that are really just like putting them putting themselves on the line to support one another um because you know as we've found like you have to spend a lot of money if you before you can like even think about making it yes that might make money yeah um and that's just that's the really cool thing is like you're like we're in like all of these like really amazing creatives and talented people are like all just amongst us like literally like um, like Webster X was like right down the street from here. And like, I saw him walking into his house once and I was like, Oh, Hey Sam, <laughs> what's up? And he, and I was like, yeah, I'm at high five. And, um, it was really cool. Cause like, it's like they, you know, artists are just all over the place and they're just people that, you know, are, you know, live just like you. Well, that's the thing too. I mean, I know complex did a thing a couple of it was complex or one of the big sites uh, did a story on Milwaukee and called this one of the DIYs, you know, cities. Cause we had, that's the biggest thing that puts us different than Chicago's, New York's, LA's. <clears throat> there's labels there. There's people that have been mainstream. Milwaukee doesn't have those resources, you know? So it is a lot of do it your own and kind of pushing it for your own. And it's, it's really dope when you do see artists from the city go out and do big things. And there are artists from Milwaukee that have gone out and done big things. You know, Rico Love, uh, Business Boy, you know, working with like big artists, yeah. you know, major artists from the city. But <clears throat> we haven't really had 
uh, too many people, like artist-wise, be out there and kind of vouching for uh, putting eyes on Milwaukee. Mm -hmm. I do think that's going to happen eventually. You know, like Webster, he big name in Milwaukee. It was really cool when we went down to South by a uh, year or two ago. Yeah, we were walking around and we saw Webster just chilling there, and yeah. it's really cool just to see stuff like that. Like Milwaukee's out here. There are people doing things, going out to Atlanta, going out across. Mm -hmm. you know, LA. LA. Like, not even just artists, music artists, uh, singers, but like producers, engineers, uh, photographers. Photographers. T glazed it. <laughs> Legendary. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. LA doing stuff. Um, right. And yeah, even that, if you haven't seen their uh, commercial that they just put out, like, it's a really cool thing. Just repping Milwaukee and showing, like, yeah, like you said, there are people from the struggle here, like, well, there are problems in Milwaukee, but yeah, right. you know that kind of can bring the best out of people. So yeah, I mean, people a lot of people make music that contains lyrics about obstacles you grew up with or adversity you face. Um, you have people that uh, like visual artists that make uh, you know um, they create scapes of of color and depiction and, and other display based on like the landscape of Milwaukee. Um, because like Milwaukee's a, it's a, it's, I mean, it's a very, it's a striking city. Um, like you, you know, like, it's a beautiful city. yeah, we have a great, we have a great skyline or right on the lake. We have like, you know, you, you drive up and it, it looks like all these like giant, you know, like we have like a couple like skyscrapers like really big buildings but it's still a very local city it's really easy to get around it's really easy to just like access pretty much any part of the city like just by in a matter of like 10-15 minutes yeah no it's a I love this you know it's not perfect and there's a lot of things wrong but that's you know what I think makes it beautiful is that people do are in the city trying to make it better and trying to do things for it uh, and yeah I don't think Milwaukee will ever you know on a major market like New York and LA, like in Chicago, those are big cities. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> but there are like medium-sized metropolitan areas that have a lot of town and have a like great city. Oh yeah. People that never hear about like Milwaukee. Yeah. Like people say, there's black people in Milwaukee. Yeah. Yeah, there is. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all that kind of stuff. So. Yeah, we got the, the the goal is for people to like think like, damn, I want to move to Milwaukee, like that is, that's what we're at now, because or at least get eyes on Milwaukee, yeah. like respect right. the city. Because we have people moving to Nashville, Portland, Atlanta, Austin. I mean, obviously the big markets you mentioned earlier, um, but you have people that they hear about these cities and they hear about just the the sort of cultural explosion going on. They want to be part of that. They want a piece of that pie. So also though, if you want to get into the, you know, industry, sometimes you do have to leave Milwaukee. Like sometimes if you really want to put on for your city, sometimes you do have to leave and go to Atlanta or LA for a little while yeah. and start making, cause you just know there's more connections there. Like mm -hmm. more eyes can go on there. So sometimes going out to those bigger markets and still repping for your city, like that's the move. There's a lot of people out in Atlanta right now doing some stuff, but still putting out from Milwaukee. Yeah, totally. So, so on the topics of love and fear, um, you know, I typically have explained the show's premise to people as they've been on the show, but 
Um, this guy actually watches my show, uh, which is very nice of him. Um, but you, you know what the show's about. We talk about love and fear. And, um, you know, we've related on a personal note on, you know, one time, another, one time or another, like just growing up and going through our college careers, living together. And, um, you know, I've seen you grow. And I've seen you like really like find um, just things that like you're really passionate about, and things you actually care about. And we care about a lot of the same things. You know, we care about Milwaukee. We care about our friends. We care about the success of other people. Um, and that is like, it's I don't know, like it's it's cool. Like I mean, you were a campus ambassador, and like that was a perfect job for you because you were always like repping the school really hard. You wanted, you genuinely wanted to bring students in and have them succeed here because it just meant a lot. It your environment meant a lot to you, and you want that same thing for them. Mm -hmm. um, and now you are um, up back in uh, Stevens Point. Um, how is it like? I guess, how would you say, like, the culture, like, doing your job of, you know, being a recruiter up there, like, how is it different than, like, when you're, when you've been, like, sort of being a recruiter, so to speak, in Milwaukee? Like, how is the, how is it culturally a little different? Yeah. Well, I mean, <clears throat> the culture itself, like, each, each college campus is different. Like, each college city's right. got different pluses and minuses, you know, things that really attract students and things that don't. Uh, for instance, you know, I'm at Stevens Point right now. You know, we have a lot of students that come from more central in Wisconsin. You know, we do have a lot of people from the northern Wisconsin that come down here, find perfect fits on campus. But we also have a lot of students from uh, inner city Chicago and Milwaukee that come up to Point and think it's the perfect spot, you know. So the campus itself, the biggest thing that I talk with students, like I don't, at the end of the day, I want them to come to where I'm at. Um, I think you know we have those options for those students but you know at the end of the day I just want to see students go to college you know to me especially students of color you know uh, or someone that doesn't have a first-generation student that doesn't have you know the resources to them that people aren't saying hey you, sh you can go to college or you can do this grow up thinking that that wasn't gonna be a reality for them or something. right and I like to be that resource to them because I was very blessed to have both my parents do the college thing and work in higher education. So I know a lot about college and I like to be that resource to other people. So, you know, mm -hmm. at the end of the day, I'd love them, for them to come to my school, but you know, if, hey, Milwaukee is your best choice, um, go there. If you can get into Madison or a bigger school, you know, I like, I just want you to go to college uh, and be successful. And I also tell students, you don't, I'm the first one to say, not everyone needs college. You don't have to go to college to be successful. Mm -hmm. I know a lot of people that aren't successful uh, or haven't gone to college and are very successful. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, it is for certain people. You know, it's, there are a lot of opportunities in college that open it up and I kind of want to show students that. So it's a little different, you know, recruiting for the school and how I recruit, but I really love my job. I really love my office. I think there are a lot of positive, like I've seen a lot of successful people come from Point, coming from, you know, outside of the central Wisconsin area, so. Yeah, totally. Um, do you uh, do you ever get like, because I know you go to like a bunch of different campuses for your job and like, you know, you recruit or you go to high schools a lot. Um, I guess like, what do you feel 
intimidates you the most? Um, like, you know, putting yourself out there and, you know, being the representative of like basically the face of a school in a space where people are very unfamiliar to it. Like yeah. what, how, like, I mean, I know you've been doing it for a long time, but yeah. like, where do you find intimidation in that? You know, like I said, I've been doing it for a while. So like talking in front of students and having conversations and asking questions, like it's not new to me. I can do, and I've gotten pretty good at it. Uh, so I can really talk with anyone, you know, really network it. So, you know, the, not too much fear uh, going into it or like kind of intimidation, but, you know, really wanting to help that student and like, you know, because I've had easy, you know, students that have been great grades and everything like that. Uh, then I also had students that their test scores and their GPAs aren't at college standards. Yeah. Um, and I really like to work with those students to, you know, help them get into college. Like, because I still think that they can get into college. I don't think two numbers on a sheet of paper define how smart anyone is. So, no, no, not at all. So I think, you know, that, because some of the stories that I've heard from some students are like pretty deep. Like, yeah. They've had come through some struggle times and, uh, but they still have opportunities. So, you know, that's kind of what kind of drives me a little bit in that kind of fear. Um, you know, when I go out to like Illinois schools in Minnesota, like, a lot of people don't hear Stephen's point. Don't know where that is, you know. <laughs> I don't know what it was until like until I moved here and met you, and yeah, I feel like I just learned a lot of the state from right in the middle here. of the state yeah. of Wisconsin. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I mean, yeah, that, and that's one thing that I've been. I'm actually kind of I've grown to really like that I have lived in a couple different cities around Wisconsin. I kind of know. I like to say I know a lot about Wisconsin. Um, in different cities, but you know, I like to explain that to students and kind of see if, hey, I know you've never heard of us, uh, and I could say we're the best school in the world, but you know, coming to campus is going to be a big thing to really see what you like on the campus. Right. But you're and and like I know you know this, but you also like you know you you say that subjectively because it's like it's like anyone that goes to a school can think that. You know, their school is the best in the world, but should, yeah. it'll be entirely, that's entirely just like, someone will say that because it's working for them. Um, but, you know, it might be entirely different from someone else's experience who had like a horrible time at like a school or, you know, something that doesn't work for them ended up working for someone else really well. Um, like, I don't know, it's, it's interesting because that sort of like brings in the question of like, um, you know, like, we, like, it, it makes you wonder sometimes, like, and I know that I, like, sort of, like, this thought crossed my mind. It bothered me sometimes when I was, like, in school at UWM. It made me wonder, like, is this truly, like, the best environment, like, I could be in right now? Yeah. Like, am I really meant to be at this school? Um, and I'm, I mean, I spent four years there and got my degree there. There's no undoing that. I got the alumni shirt. Yeah, do we have the alumni shirt? Award specifically for this uh, occasion. Um, graduation of that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It was. Shout out to all the graduate, all the oh, UW graduates <laughs> today. <laughs> yeah. Um, but like, it still made me think that sometimes. Like, 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 is this? I know. I think that like, UWM is like the greatest school like I could be at right now, or like I couldn't see myself anywhere else. But like, but like, could I though? 
Like, what if I found like a completely different home in like a different school? Oh, facts. And that's what I want. You know, that's what I tell students is like, I want. Obviously, yeah, I'm gonna be biased because where I'm at, like, that's just how it is. But you know, at the end of the day, I'm also, like I said, I wanted to get you in college. I want you to find your best fit. There is not one school in the world that's good for every single student. Yeah. You know, uh, but <clears throat> you want to. I tell students, find your best fit. The best thing to do, like I said, always say, there's always academics, there's always athletics, but what feels right when you're on the campus? Mm -hmm. Do you tour those schools? Can you, do you want a big school? Do you want a small school? Can you see yourself walking around? There's no school that's also gonna be a perfect fit. Nothing's like perfect, like, I can talk about how much I love UWM, but then I'm also someone that can say there are certain things that I would like to change or do better. Yeah. Um, and it's kind of just, how you put, where you put yourself in, you can let college play you or you can play college. Like you can take advantage of all the things that are given to a college campus or you can always think like, shit, could I do something else? Kind was, of that a, was that a talking point of your job or uh, did you come up with that phrase yourself? <laughs> play college? Yeah, yeah, could no, I college play you? I was, <laughs> no, I came up with that uh, one day cause I, cause yeah, really I saw, people complaining about college and like, you know, I understand it. Like some of the, hey, I don't like, I didn't get a job after college or I didn't have this opportunity, I didn't have this opportunity. To me, I was like, you know, you could, we could complain about and say, oh yeah, college isn't the way, you know, we, I shouldn't, they didn't prepare me at all. But college isn't, nothing in life is just given to us. Just because we got a college degree doesn't mean right. everything is solved for us. And we, yeah. So. Should we learn that, you know, with a rude awakening? Um, I mean, year, it's been a year since yeah. we graduated, and, uh, you know, I haven't found, like, my my break yet. Um, still got a lot to work towards, but... But you're still doing stuff, though. You're, like, I, I... For a while, it wasn't, though. And, and I think that it's kind of crazy because even after graduation... Like, people always talk about how college, you learn so much about yourself and, like, you just, you know, like, your life just changes in so many ways. Yeah. But I feel like a lot of, like, my life also changed a lot after college, too. Oh, yeah. Like, after graduation, I felt like I learned even more about myself. And it's it humbles you because, like you said, like, things don't get handed to you. Like, you're not guaranteed something right out of school. Um, and... Uh, like, and, you know, given, like, it's harder for a liberal arts degree than, you know, something that, like, you know, like a marketing or a medicine science degree, like, those have, you have more prospects, like, you know, right out of school. But, but that, like, that kind of, you know, hit me in the face a little bit, like, this past year, I'm like, damn, like, how much, like, I realized how much of myself I haven't, like, really applied yet, you know? So, but you, but I know you said you took off a little bit of time, but I mean, like right now you're doing a lot of different stuff, you know, even with a liberal arts degree, I only see myself doing that because it doesn't box me in. Like I, I could go for engineering or I could go for a teacher. I could go for, you know, stuff that really is, has a straight pathway to a certain job, but with the liberal arts, your journalism, communication, I can go into any field. Yeah. Pretty much. And it could, yeah. So it kind of keeps my options open. And if I can utilize what I'm passionate about, 
Because that's what I want you to, people to find is just what you're passionate about. Yeah. I know what you're kind of passionate about. You started doing it. Um, and again, it's not going to come right away. No. RIP Nipsey Hustle. It's a marathon. You know, it's not a sprint. It's not going to happen right away. It's going to take a time. Yeah. But I always have that, like, where I want to be when I'm done. Like, and that just keeps me driving. And you kind of enjoy the process, too. Yeah, I enjoy it. Yeah. Like, I, like, having a shit ton of fun doing things, like, um, like, it's, it's just, it's really important because, like, it, you can't, no one deserves to be miserable along the way. Like, you really, like, have to look at it, you know, with the rose-colored glasses that this will work out. And if you are having fun and enjoying it, then you are meant to do it. Right. And it's a matter of just improving it to the point where it's like it can become a reality for you to just do this. But you have to put a lot on the line in the meantime. Yeah. And people say, you know, college is the best four years of your life. I don't think that's, it was my best four years of my life so far, but I'm 23 right now. I got a long life to live. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, I want to be happy for what I do. Mm -hmm. You know, a paycheck is not the first thing that comes to my mind. Like, I want to be happy. I could go out there and get the highest paid job right now if I wanted to and hate my life, like hate going to work. Or I can do what I like to do um, might not give me as much money, mm -hmm. but I get satisfaction with it. I can go to work every day. I do what I want, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, there's a thing in college. We weren't getting a lot of money in college. Like, but we had the studio. We did a lot of shows. Like, that yeah. was a great time. We loved doing it because that's what we like to do. Yeah. So, mm -hmm. you know, people that are doing what they love to do might not get compensated right now. But they see down the road, like, if I keep working at it, keep applying myself, the money will come eventually. Yeah, exactly. So, so back on, like, the um, topic of schools, so, like, UWM is hailed as the most diverse school in the UW system. Big fat. Well, yeah. And Our size is the most diverse, but, yes, we are. Yeah. yeah. That was something that, like, they sold in the, like, oh, yeah. in, in orientation. Yep, that's why I picked. One of the reasons why I chose Yeah, it. insane. Um, but it was still like, you know, like, uh, shout out home at Flossmore High School. But um, HF was like a very, very diverse high school. Um, being in, in, at UWM was still the most exposure to like white people like I had ever had in like oh, yeah. a, an education system. Um, but, um, so that being said, like, um, like, do you like because I know like at Stevens Point, like how do you feel like you know the like the demographics and like the the culture there like the how do you see it like just like how is it different out there and like you know what can I guess like what do you feel like can make it more diverse? Yeah. Um, well, obviously, there's no city in Wisconsin more diverse than Milwaukee. Right. Like, that's just... Madison comes sort of close. Second, you know, and there's, like, Oshkosh and Appleton, like, there's... <laughs> for everyone that doesn't know, there are black people in Wisconsin. <laughs> yeah. All across Wisconsin. Yeah. Hispanic people, Asian people. I mean, okay. yeah. Right. Arabs. Arabs. You know, there's a whole... There's a bunch of diversity around the state, but not as much, obviously, in the southern part of Wisconsin. Um, but... Yeah, growing up in Stevens Point for about 10 years of my life, you know, yeah, a lot of white around. <laughs> Whites. Um, right. But, you know, 
Stevens Point is a very educated city. You know, there there are people there. I was very happy to come back though and see that our diversity ratings are a lot bigger. I, luckily for me, you know, both my parents worked at the college campus, so when I was even in Stevens Point as a high school student, I was still my parents worked with you know Black Student Union, worked with the multicultural offices, so I was always around students of color. Uh, even when I was in high school. So I knew it on a college campus, obviously there's going to be uh, diversity. You know, even at Milwaukee, the most diverse, obviously white students at this point in the generation yeah. have more students. Probably won't be the same for always, but... All right, because I mean, it's just a lot, there's a lot of people from rural towns that are predominantly white right. that, you know, are going to school in the UW system. Yeah. It's like that, I feel like that makes sense. Um, and it's not even just the fact that, um, it's not even just the fact that, like, they're white. Like, no. someone can be white, and they can also be woke. I, like, love, I love white people. Yeah, yeah. Like, the thing is, is, like, and that's an important distinction to make, is that, like, it's, like, if you're white, it's one thing, it's more of a, it's more of the, the more important part is that, like, someone understands or is exposed to, like, you know, diversity because then you understand like you know different forms of marginalization and oppression and like it's like if you grow up around everyone who looks the same as you or like you know is racially similar then you don't necessarily understand that and you don't you're just not exposed to it so it's like you come to school and you're ignorant about a lot of struggles that you know black people or or you know even um people of like different religions like I I came here and I met people that had never met a Jew before that come that came from like cities like Wausau and like yeah. you know cities and you know like it's like when you grow up around just where uh, everyone like like looks talks just sort of thinks behaves in a lot of the same ways it's like you know it's gonna seem strange or off to you when you're like all of a sudden in an environment where you're like, oh my god, like oh, yeah. look at all these people like that are like you, you like you and you're ignorant to a lot of it. And that's the biggest thing. It's just ignorance. It's not bad people. You know, they're not. They just don't know. It's not around them as much. They haven't been. You know, when I was uh, going to Milwaukee, like I've had people tell my mom, oh you. Are you okay giving your son to a war zone? Like, there, it's a war zone down there. And I'm like, no, it's not. <laughs> yeah. Have you ever seen UWM's campus? Like, it's an Upper East Side, three million dollar mansions down the road. Yeah. So it's like, they just don't know. They've never been down there. So, you know, yeah. My outlook on race and ethnicity is a little of a different picture, just because we could talk about this forever. But you know, my background and how my de how I identifies a long story but um, you know I see a different kind of outlook on things and yeah they're great people all across you know uh, Stevens Point for me I know has been getting more diverse you know from the campus but also people coming up from Chicago and Milwaukee there's a lot more jobs up there you know so it's also a you know sometimes a class thing um, in our world so you know, it is changing a little bit. I'm finding a lot of students on campus. We have a lot of students from D.C., so uh -huh. a lot of Washington, D.C. students. And our multicultural recruiter does a lot of great things. Yeah. Um, 
Scott West, like, shout out Scott. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. He does, you know, more students of color, more people have, you know, have, every year our enrollment's been going kind of down, but our diversity's been going up. So that's what makes me happy is that even though they don't have a lot of, say, color and culture around, mm -hmm. uh, it's starting to see that. And I think it does really happen on a co college campus that can spread out into a city. Yeah, totally. And like, and you know, it's kind of like the the social climate that we live in now. Sort of, um, it just kind of like we've been forced to like talk about things like identity politics a lot, and and rightfully so. Like, you know, when we look at things like, you know, it's like when you see like, um, like uh, it's it's. <laughs> I've been seeing it, it's funny. It's like when you go to a Mexican restaurant in Milwaukee and it's all run by white people, you know? Or like you look at the people that are running, like that are on some kind of like board or like um, that are like, um, like the, the people that like lead an organization are people that are places of power and there's like no women yeah. on the, on, that are on it or no, there's no, it's all white people, you know, shit like that. So like, it's like, Identity politics has caused us to think about, well, like, there should be more women in places of power. There should be, like, more, you know, there, there should be, like, we should be embracing authenticity rather than, you know, like, culturally appropriating things and stuff like that. Um, so it's, like, it's, it's not, like, and it's, like, and, you know, don't get me wrong. It's, like, there can still be, like, a Mexican restaurant that's run by Mexican people that, you know, you won't like their food. <laughs> like, it's it's not just the, it's not really like just the fact that it's Mexican people that own the Mexican restaurant, but it's also just, it's more of a matter of principle. And they also, but they also, you know, certain things and certain people know more about that. Like, uh, for example, like if I wanted to go into Jewish culture, like I don't know as much about Jewish culture, um, say you, and maybe we do start like a restaurant together. Maybe like, <laughs> Yeah, I could have good food and you could have good food, but I'm only going to be Googling or something, looking up what I can, yeah. you know what kind of foods are supposed you to be. You could be making better Jewish food than I would. But I don't, know the culture, <laughs> I don't know what is good. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, for the Mexican restaurant, like you have Bel Air, but you also have some really authentic. Um, good ass Mexican food this, in town. Hit the south side and you'll find a bunch of it. Man, shout out Sealy Tolindo. It's like one of the best uh, Mexican joints. Uh, in the in Walker's Point, but and that's the thing is like if it's gonna be like it's it's like it's it's fine if like you know white people are like you know helping run or own like a business that you know where uh, they're they're like serving Mexican food, but they should have like at least people of like you know that descent yeah, that are involved in it that are. are or actively involved in like, you know, in um, standing up for like the, the Mexican community or, um, you know, just, or, you know, standing up for causes that affect that, that demographic, stuff and like can, that. And uh, we can tell, like we can tell people that are authentic and part of the culture that care about our cultures and we can tell the people that are just using it for the money, you know, right. black culture, we run the whole, Anything entertainment, anything that's cool is comes from black culture, yeah. you know. And you can tell like some of the fashion brands might try to 
play off that and you know some we can sell our authentic and some that aren't right. you know that are just trying to use it so yeah. yeah having those having at least that ear to the streets or to the where you're what you're trying to do is important yeah 100 percent. because like i remember like uh i thought this was really interesting so like there's a big controversy going on like around like you know obviously the r kelly scenario and what became the michael jackson scenario yeah like people are there's a lot of controversy over whether or not their music should be promoted or whether it should still be like listened to basically whether their whether their output should still be consumed because of like the horrible awful shit that they did to fuck kate really yeah yeah like just people that just did fucked up shit and it's like should they still be like should their creative output still be endorsed? I mean, um, yeah. I mean, right off the bat, like, do you have an answer to that question? I mean, that's something that I've always debated with other people, you know. To me, and, you know, I love to have the conversation about it, but, you know, it is a slippery slope that you go on. Like, yeah, fuck K. Riley. Yeah. Mike, you know, he, I can't prove anything yet, but, a big thing to me is, you know, it's a slippery slope. If we're gonna condemn these two artists, we're gonna cancel. We're gonna cancel culture. We're gonna cancel them. We're gonna. Uh, this it, it opens a door to cancel a lot of other. Then people. let's be let's be equal to all these other artists. I can let right. a handful of artists. And I agree. I agree. Yes. Yeah. You have to hold them to the same principle. So that's a big thing. And for me, I've always been able to separate artist and music. I could hate you as a person, but. You make some good ass music, so, and you, there's a line, you know, there's a line that you can really play. Like, I'm not gonna. I, R. Kelly's music was fire to me. When it comes on, like, step in. There's certain songs that I'll play, like that I still love. But that in my head, every time I play that comes on, I'm like, you know, it's hard for me to separate it. Yeah. But there's you know other artists that do stupid antics that, you know, that people hate. Oh, I hate this person. I hate this person. Uh, but you know their music is a different art form like every artist to me is fucked up you know we there's different stages of what fucked upness people do but you know people did that kind of stuff there's a bunch of artists that have done domestic violence and stuff like that there's people that killed we know artists that have killed people mm -hmm. we know people that have uh, sold drugs to parent moms and babies like it's so what's good and what's bad? And I know in hip hop, that line can kind of be blurred. And we are very uh, hypocritical, I think, in hip hop, the hip hop community, but at certain things. But yeah, it's, it's a hard thing. And I just think, you know, if we're really gonna cancel someone for their entire, like for what they did outside of music, all right, then I want all these people. And some of them are great, like legends and you know, sometimes get pushed to the side, yeah. um, and it's, sometimes can be a slippery slope. So it's not a hard thing with the cancel culture. Yeah, and I think cancel culture. I mean, I think that people are focusing too much on it rather than instead of like focus. It doesn't work. Well, right, it doesn't work. It's not universally agreed upon. I think what's more important is standing up for those that were affected by that artist. That is more important. Like. And I think that Pete Davidson on SNL made a really great, um, he's, he's made a, a, he had a great, like, sort of idea for how we can, like, sort of, um, 
address this issue is that like and he openly said that like he loves like the music of R. Kelly and Michael Jackson, but he also said that like for every time I play this song, I'm gonna donate like a dollar to victims of abuse or something like yeah. that. And that that is a great idea. Like we can think about you know it's it's not don't like sure like you know hold someone accountable if they do really fucked up shit and put them in their place, but also instead of like trying to like you know. It's almost like two wrongs don't make a right in, in some ways. It's like, instead of like focusing so much on making their life a living hell, I mean, yeah, it's like, fuck them, but you can say fuck them and let them like be held accountable. But we should also be focusing more on those that are actual like survivors or victims or just people that are affected by th those artist actions. And that's why like, you know, it's it's really like it's a more important time than ever to be like standing up for it and and um, investing in victims of abuse, um, just people that are affected by mental health, um, mental health crises. Um, just that is where a lot of our attention, I think, should be channeled in because it will make us a more. I don't want to say forgiving because like some things can't be forgiven, but. I would say it's just a more, a culture of more, um, like self-awareness and, and, yeah. um, a culture of just more love at the end of the day. And, you know, there's certain people that keep repeatedly do something stupid. Yeah. Like, Those are the ones that deserve to be canceled. And that's, the and that's that, what I'm like, yeah. Yeah. But you know, if there's one, someone that does a bad thing one time. Maybe comes out and apologizes for it. If you mean sincere, even if not, you know, we can still be mad at them for now. But we are all people. Have, we're not all perfect. Yeah. Like, I don't. I don't like that. We've all been shit people. We've been one shit, time and it right. might not be up to that extent. It might not right. be to that extent what they did. But you know, do, do that one bad thing that you did. You want to be judged for that for your entire life, especially for celebrities. It's a bigger, you know, bigger scale. Yeah. Everyone can judge on you. Like no one knows who you are, Bob from down the street that did a bad thing. No one knows about that, but you know. Right, your best friends could be doing fucked up shit and you don't know about it. Like, Or it might not say as much. Like right. that's the bigger thing. You could tweet all day at that one artist, oh, you're to cancel, cancel. But your homies down the street did some Dating a 15 year old or something like that. He's doing something like that. He yeah. ain't saying nothing. So it's like that you're affecting more at that at that level than tweeting at someone else. So yeah. And granted, like I get it. It's sort of a different with celebrities because they're also making money. That money that like your friends aren't. But it's still like you should still be holding the same actions accountable. Everybody is. Um, like yeah, I like. It's it's more problematic when someone has done something fucked up and they refuse to acknowledge it. They act like they didn't do anything wrong, and or they, like you say, continue to perpetrate it. Yeah. Like that's where it becomes. It's like okay, fuck you. You deserve to be canceled. Like I think rightfully so. Kevin Spacey was because he, when he was called out for like you know being like, for like molesting, groping like all these like boys and shit like on movie sets and stuff like. He used that, when he was called out, he used that as an opportunity to come out as gay. To, like, get sympathy from people. Oh, and it's yeah. like, that is, like, so beyond fucked up that you're trying to play the victim here. When you have 
abused and just acted way beyond out of line in just a really perverted way and you don't even like and you're trying to get sympathy from people like by by claiming this like oppression and it's like sure if Kevin Spacey is gay then okay like like you know that's not the problem the problem is the fact that you molested kids yeah and that's the, and that's the thing like and it's hard the thing hard for you know the cancel culture is because it does give a spotlight to someone and the media negativity brings spotlight and things so, get shared instantaneously so like that instance like you know yeah it was come out as gay like that was his opportunity to come out and talk about you know more attention on him you know with the uh when you cancel an artist you know all right we can cancel say kanye was canceled that didn't stop sunday service hundred thousand no. people um you know r kelly um xxx you know when everyone condemned them their music pro streams go up oh i want to know what he's saying on this one song i want so you're getting your money so this cancel culture sometimes brings more attention on the, that said person. Yeah, because you have those reactionary people that are still like, oh, well, I want to understand the artist more now, or like, I want to connect with him because, like, I feel like I'm troubled too, so, like, I'm going to listen to his music more. Yeah, bad publicity can be good publicity. Like, yeah. it's, it's, it's the shitty world that we live in in the media. You can change that, young Ben. Um, That's what I'm trying out here. But, I know you are too, though. Yeah. You're, I see you with, like, a. No, I think that you have a very good, like, you have a very grounded perspective in, like, the way media works and the way society responds to it. Um, and, I mean, these are important conversations to have because, like, if we're talking about real progress in the world and in the media and how people are responding to media, then we need to talk about how, you know, you can't pick and choose who you're going to hold accountable you have to do it to everybody that is doing that shit. And, and it's not easy. <laughs> it's not easy. Like you can find out that one of your friends like sexually assaulted somebody. And it's like, if you found out that someone else did that, that you don't know, of course your first, your first uh, instinct is going to be like, Oh yeah, fuck them. They're an abuser. Like don't be friends with that person. But when it's like your friend that like got, found like they did this shit it's like damn like you know what like what they did was wrong but like he's also like one of my best friends and I know him super well and like I don't know like how how much like I don't know how to feel because like like it's it's a difficult situation to be in sure but and that's where like that's where your emotion is trying to trump your reason yeah um but, and it's, that's why I say it, it's not going to be easy. Um, maybe some, maybe easier for some than others, but, but the point is that like, you know, you, if you're like, even if someone that you love, someone that is your, one of your best friends, an artist that you look up to, a celebrity that you've idolized, like you need to learn first, I guess, train your mind to like understand that like even if you love some people will do really shitty things and you can still love that person or have love for them or still have respect for them in, in one way or another like what they did for music or like 
that is that's inevitable. Like you're you like like you you still like are allowed to do that, but you also need to understand that their actions have affected someone else in a very adverse way and learning to have empathy for that victim and understanding how you can be an ally or at least just present for victims of it. Yeah. That's, I think that's a big thing that people need to, um, that's the, I think that's just the really important thing. And I think it, you know, if it's a friend thing, if that's your homie, like you should be comfortable with your bro to be like, You're yo, call him out be like, yo, that's some fucked up shit. Or like you, y'all should have a relationship where you can be like, that's not cool. Or like, you know, put your homie in your place. Cause that's like, that's important to have, uh, with that relationship, man. And if he says, no, 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 fuck that, fuck you, like, then you don't have to be homies with him anymore. Yeah, you just really gotta, you know, see where your values are and your morals are. Um, and, you know, like you said, like, you can do your thing to stop with an artist and stuff like that, um, but they're not gonna hear Joe Schmo from Delaware, you know, talking shit um, about them. But the people that you know that might have done stuff, like, yeah, you can be that person, be like, yo, call them out. And if they respond to it a different way, reevaluate. You can reevaluate where you go forward from it, and you can still have love for that person. Be like, "Yo, I respect what you're doing. You're hustling, do your thing." Uh, but right I'm not. I'm gonna be doing my own thing. Because at the end of the day, their pockets are not affecting my pockets. We're homies. I'm trying to. I want to grow with you, whatever. Yeah. Uh, but you know, but I, I I've been without my homies. Like I I'll call out my homies if I need to. Uh, or at least have a conversation with them because at the end of the day too, there's three sides to the story. One side and the other side and the truth. So I like to hear all, you know, all right, this person said this person. All right, you said this. All right, where's this maybe middle ground? If I don't see the middle ground, all right, at least I know what the two sides are and I can make a personal decision on what I want to talk about. Yeah, absolutely. Let me close up. All right, Jordy, Jay Kells. <laughs> I'm gonna smack the shit out of you. What puts you to sleep? What puts me to sleep? Um, being music. Being music. I'll listen. <laughs> you can say being high. Like it's a. I'm not making money off of this show. Not many people are gonna see it. <laughs> um, what keeps you up at night? What keeps me up at night? Uh. Trying to get better in my finish goal. Good job, man. Thanks for being on the show. All right. Jake out. Kello double G. Follow it. <laughs> he needs Instagram followers desperately. You all love my stuff. Ah, ah. Thanks for watching, Mr. Nice Guy. I'll see you next time. Two, three, four.